This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host. And if this is your first Geekscape, well, strap yourselves in. We're going to take a little journey through pop culture, movies, video games, comic books, all that amazing stuff. That's what we do every episode of Geekscape. I hope you guys are doing well. Podcast listeners, I just want to apologize for the audio from the last episode. I've got a really nice USB mic that I didn't switch my microphone to. Instead, I was going through these little headphones that are basically for, like, playing video games online. Uh, They're nice for hearing, but they're not so good on the microphone. So if you listen to the last episode and you're like, what the hell? The audio quality is not so good. That's my fault for not double checking. I hope I'm coming in crisp. The content's not going to be any better, but at least you'll be able to hear me. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope everybody's surviving the pandemic. If you're watching this live, thank you. Maybe you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or um, we got, what else we got? What else we got? Oh yeah, we, we got the Twitch. And we got the Periscope, or maybe you're waiting for the podcast to pop up and you're driving to your job and you're listening to it, or you're going for a little bit of a walk to get out of the quarantine. Have you been doing that? What are you guys doing? Uh, And that's a question for all of you. Like, what are you guys doing to sort of survive the increased uh, amount of like micro stressors that we're all experiencing during this time are you guys getting those micro stressors like those little micro uh things like maybe they're they're not even something you're conscious of until they build up and they build up and they build up something for example like uh you want to go out just to the store or you want to go sit in the car you want to go on a walk and then as you're walking to the door you say oh wait i gotta put on the gloves and i gotta put on the mask and i gotta get the sanitization wipes or the spray and I think those things build up and we're living in this pandemic right now. We're all kind of quarantining and maybe you're watching this or listening to this from maybe your neck of the woods is starting to like open up. Um, but those micro stressors, those like the, just the constant need to remind yourself that this is going on 
I think adds a level of weight and tension that is always present. How, what are you doing to relieve yourself uh, during that time? <laughs> That's a joke that will clearly turn itself into a we're out of toilet paper joke. But um, what are you doing to alleviate that stress? Um, there's no comic books. That's something. There's no new comic books. There's no, there's no new comic books in the store. We can't go to the movies. Usually when you just want to like blow off some steam, kick up your feet, you go to the movies or you'll read a comic book or you'll, uh, well, you can still play a video game. I've been doing a little bit of that. Um, comics, I've been getting into some old stuff. I've got some great guests on my show today. I've got some independent comic book creators. My friend Chris Mancini, he's a writer. He was on the show uh, late last year. And then Fernando Pinto, who's never been on the show before, even though he's been with Geekscape since the start. He made our logo. You can see our logo right there in the corner. Boop! That's Fernando's work. He came up with that. I told him, hey, I just want something that's a little bit like Buck Rogers. But as a kid, you know, we're talking fishbowl, like spaceman helmet, you know, maybe a cool tube and a ray gun. And Fernando was like, I think I know what you want. And literally that is his first attempt is the little uh, logo that you guys see in the Oh, that way in the corner and uh hold on guys yeah i had a little bit of a streaming issue but that, that's it right there um that's that's fernando's work and fernando's gonna be on here because he did the artwork for chris mancini's book so if you guys ever wanted to put out like a graphic novel or you wanted to put out like an indie thing maybe you wanted to kickstart it or you got the money and you got the artist and you want to put it together but you don't know how uh, this will be a pretty good episode for you guys I want to remind you that we are broadcasting from the Dweeb Darling Studios, uh, a.k.a. Heidi's room, where I'm quarantining during the pandemic. She does let me out of the room, but I like broadcasting from here. Um, and it's really the best place in the house to broadcast with you guys. So uh, I'm going to give the plug to Heidi's company. These are the, this is the Dweeb Darling Studio, uh, as she demanded that I uh, say on the broadcast. I'm just kidding. She did not demand it. She thought it would be funny, and I think it's funny. So here we come. From the Dweeb Darling Studio, a brand new episode of Geekscape. Please let me know. Shoot me an email, Jonathan at Geekscape.net, or however you want to communicate with me. Let me know how things are going in your neck of the woods, because this is a community, as I said at the end of this last episode, and we should stick together and kind of share this experience. It's a strange one. It's a weird one. We thought it only existed in those zombie movies or The Walking Dead or weird, like, you know, futuristic society's going to fall apart and we're going to be on the wastelands, maybe like fallout. It's like the only time that we thought about this. What's it going to be like after the apocalypse? Well, we're in it. Maybe not the apocalypse you thought was going to happen. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Everybody's just playing Animal Crossing, but it is, it is the apocalypse and we're going to figure out how to get society back on its feet. All right. Here's my guests. Chris Mancini, Fernando Pinto, long time Geekscape friends, and now the, we can talk to them together. Here we go. Let's let's figure out how to do this, Jonathan. Add Chris to the stream and add Fernando to the stream. Welcome to Geekscape, guys. How are you guys doing? Hey, great hey, to be here. How's it going? Thanks. Hey, thank how you do you like this? I, we're, we're, we're keeping Weird. ourselves like socially distanced. I think that this is safe. I think, Chris, you are uh, at least Absolutely. six uh, pixels that way, and uh, yep. Fernando, you're at least six pixels that way. We're, mm-hmm. uh, we're safe. If you cough, I'm not going to catch the COVID. I don't think mm-hmm. so. Maybe, I mean, up to, maybe it's a digital virus that I can catch, but well, who knows? Well, we're not on Skype, That's a very, so we should be fine. Yeah. So. And a, that, that's a very 90s premise 
the yeah, it's like Johnny virus. Mnemonic or something. Yeah, yeah something totally. like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. With my luck, it would be that that like Linux system from Jurassic Park when she goes hacking and she's like, "Oh, it's a Linux system," and you see her like in some BS code maze, <laughs> or it would be remember- like Sean. Well, I, I just as you thought, said that, I was thinking no one's going to remember this. Do you remember the um, ending of Superman three, the one with Richard Pryor? Yes. Oh, that it woman that fucking robots. Yeah, that, that, that freaked me out. That freaked me out so much when I was a kid. Me too. I was like, oh my god! I thought this was a the Superman movie, and this like this is getting yeah. really creepy. Uh, yeah, crazy. Yeah. I recently rewatched Superman one, which to me is, and I will fight anybody on this. The first 30 minutes of Superman 1, Richard Donner Superman, are the best superhero anything put to film, and that was 1978. I think that it's so economic from the script to the imagery and everything. It's just a beautiful movie, too. You need you have everything you need in those first 30 minutes to know who Clark is and all of it. But um, then things get really weird. <laughs> Not just <laughs> Superman 1 and Superman 2, but Superman 3 is a horror show. It, yeah, like, I mean, the geeks are like, we want Superman to fight Brainiac. Instead, that's the robot we got. Was that weird lady coming out? <laughs> okay, you know, we've got Richard Pryor, so these scenes were funny. But yeah. then, you know, you're going to creep me out with a crazy robot lady at the end. <laughs> and and he, he he designed a computer from uh, uh, like scraps of paper, like on a table, <laughs> and everyone was like, "Oh my god, he's a genius!" Yeah. Like, Superman no. three. Is, I, I Superman three is probably the one I've watched the least recently like i did watch superman 4 quest for peace which wow with nuclear man not so good but uh superman Superman 3 i don't think i've seen superman 3 as an adult uh uh, do i watch anything as an adult let's be real but i think (laughs) superman 3 is the one where i'm like you know what jonathan you can watch it but it's gonna give you nightmares even as a (laughs) grown-up but wires and stuff that's crazy but I do remember fondly the uh, the fight in the junkyard when Clark and Superman are separated. That's Superman three, right? Or is that Superman four? Right, well, Superman three, where like Superman and Clark four, are separated. I think. That's four. Or it's, it's Superman. I think that's four. Like, Superman doesn't have his humanity, so he gets like, a, right. like an immediate like two like like nine o'clock like what is it twelve o'clock shadow and he's like all bleary yeah. eyed and he has to fight him in a junkyard it's, ridiculous. it's great dialogue too that like it's uh, it's not on the nose at all like i hope you don't expect <laughs> me to save you because i don't do that anymore like, <laughs> yeah. well superman too when he loses it like he tricks zod right like he loses his right. powers he gives his powers up for lois and so suddenly like superman is just clark and he gets his ass beat in that diner Remember, mm-hmm. like, he yeah, doesn't yeah. have his powers. He gets his ass beat by some local dude in a diner who's like, shut yeah. up, dweeb. Uh, yeah. Then Superman tricks Zod, gets his powers back, and he's, like, vengeful. <laughs> <laughs> Superman goes back to that diner with a fucking vendetta. <laughs> and is like, hey, remember me as Clark. So, yeah. like, trying to, like, hide your secret identity is out the fucking window because mm-hmm. all he's seeing at that point is revenge on this poor yokel who just had a power trip. And so he, like, spins him around in the chair. Also, then, they're all truck drivers, and they're always at the diner. So they don't have roots. <laughs> you know what? The Reagan economy hit pretty hard. Right? Yeah. He, he slides the guy, trickle down. Oh, he slides the guy down the freaking diner yeah. Which is a metaphor food. for Kinesian I, economics. 
And then he the then the juke goes like right. head first into the, the jukebox, if I'm remembering correctly. So he basically vandalizes this diner. He goes in and like plays out this vendetta against some dude who like punches him and breaks his hand. Like Superman really starts to become a dick somewhere in <laughs> Superman 2 when he gets his powers back. I can well, see how by Superman 3, he should just have everybody in so, chains. To be fair, he paid for the damage. And uh, right. he gave everyone the explanation that he had been working out. So it's uh... so, wait. Are, are you saying that maybe Zack Snyder saw that and he was like, "Yes, that's <laughs> that's what Superman's really like." Vengeful you know, that's and, that's uh, that's the core of the character. Yeah, I'm not yeah, so much into the Smallville Superman. Yeah, you know, you, that's a little you, too wholesome. But what if Superman just went into diners and started whipping people's asses? And like erased in, in, 30, yeah, erased seventy percent of his dialogue too. Do that. <laughs> yeah, but in in Man of Steel, doesn't he like throw like a trucker's truck over like some power lines and shit? Like I, he destroys like a trucker's means of like feeding himself. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. It'll recover. Sure. Yeah, he has another truck. Yeah. I like how Superman in a like Superman in a Zack Snyder movie is basically how I played Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> I'm just like, it's cool. Yeah, We're it's just gonna fine. fucking flatten everything. I'm gonna put a car through this window and see if I can ramp it onto a bank. It's it's all good. Let's see how fast I can get this baby and see if I can ramp it off the airport. That's that's kind of how uh, I played GTA, which is. You know, it's exact Snyder physics. Chris, I know you've seen this movie. I, I watched the first action sequence from it. Um, Six Underground, the Michael Bay movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, if you guys aren't familiar with Chris, uh, he's a member of the comedy film nerds, and now he's at Film Threat. So he's got the opinion. I'm not at Film Threat movie. anymore. <laughs> What's you're not, and you're no longer at Film Threat. No, no, I went out on my own. Started, started my own. Oh, company. look at you! Look mm-hmm. at you! That the Film Threat thing was like the honeymoon phase. It was. And then you guys, you guys got back to the states, and were like, you know what? <laughs> I'd say, you know, go our separate ways. (laughs) Okay, so you're on your own. uh, Yeah, yeah. So I started a new company, and um, I'll be still launching new podcasts right after the Kickstarter. So I've got a lot of stuff kind of cooking. Uh, But uh, to get back to your question, Six Underground, yeah, I saw that movie. (laughs) And uh, wow, wow. Did you watch the whole thing or just the beginning? I, you know, I gotta watch it in pieces because it's you know because you're gonna movie. miss a lot of plot and story nuances if yeah. you only watch no. it in pieces. <laughs> I would yeah, have to watch the whole thing. It's like, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's like it's like eating candy. If you know that when you eat the candy all at once, you're gonna get diabetes immediately, and your teeth are gonna rot out because it's just mm-hmm. too much. So I have to break it into pieces. Um, and so I watched the opening sequence in Italy where it's just like a car chase. Right, and that was a little. It was. It's just so excessive, and it. I mean, it works on. It, I mean, it really is an assault on the senses. That being said, that's yeah. why you watch the Michael Bay movies. So yeah, like, or why you avoid them. It, I enjoy. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> like they sold it. Like, oh, this is written by the guys that wrote Endgame and Civil War, so it's gonna be great. And I don't know how much <laughs> Michael Bay stuck to that script. Yeah, you, know? you don't know what the original script looked like, and it, yeah. it was literally—it was just one um, action sequence after another. I mean, the script must look like stuff blows up, people get shot. Ryan Reynolds says something funny, but don't write it in; just let him figure it out on the set. 
And uh, and then yeah. that's how they filled what two hours. Like you know, did you guys speaking of, of the Russo brothers, uh, the yeah. one that one of them wrote this extraction movie with Chris Hemsworth yeah. on Netflix? Did you see that? They uh, they produced that. it. I don't know they if they it. wrote, but one, one of them wrote, wrote it. it. Yeah, one of them wrote it. Uh, Joe Russo uh, wrote it. So uh, one it, of them put his name on the script. So, <laughs> it, so it's so, dude. It's Chris Hemsworth, and he has to go and get this kid who's been kidnapped. He's the son of like a rich drug yeah. lord, and the rival drug lord kidnaps the kid. And Chris Hemsworth, like you know, is like this haunted dude. He's lost his kid, of course, but he's yeah. the, but he's the best there is. So they yeah. go to like the Australian. He's got a checkered past. He's maybe yeah, has they, a problem with alcohol. They mm. convince him to come <laughs> back and do one last job, yeah. whatever it is. He has to get this kid out. Yeah, Michael and, Bay watched that movie and went, "Man, I can't believe there's no story to this." <laughs> you know what he loves about it is like Michael Bay was like, "Oh, the subtlety really got me on an emotional." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. one reason to watch it is the stunts are pretty damn good. Is you know, it feels like the, this dude who did do all the fight, the director did all the fight choreography and stuff like that from like Civil War and a lot of the with the yep. Marvel movies. So the action's pretty awesome, and there is one long sequence about a third of the way through the movie that is supposed to be like one continuous long take. And it, it's awesome. And it's obviously, it, it reminded me of that one in the, in the raid two where they're doing like the handoffs of the car yeah. and all that crazy shit. And they're putting like the camera on the motorcycle then handing it off. And it's like a pretty awesome, uh, very long uh, take. But there's a sequence about two thirds of the way through the movie where like the bad guys find them hiding out and they're in an alley. And suddenly a bunch of like eight year olds with machetes yeah. And Chris Hellsworth is just slapping eight-year-olds like bam, 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 bam. he's slamming, he's like breaking their arms and like car doors and yeah. shit. And I was like, I uh, I don't know if I was sold on this movie. Yeah. I don't know if I'm still sold. Like, I don't know if I'm sold on this. This movie. You wonder if you need to be like a sociopath to like make these movies. <laughs> but that sequence where Chris Hellsworth is just beating up a bunch of eight-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah, who 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 thought that was a good idea? You know, that's like Joe uh, Russo, that's apparently. Like, yeah, yeah, that's like <laughs> raising well, my hand. You know, you know, there, there's there's always that uh, that time in like a development meeting where like, well, maybe we should write write this. There's no time. We have to start shooting. And then yeah. that's, that's that's what it felt like for both of those movies. Well, after the scene with the kids with machete, I was like, ah, well, the movie kind of to me the third act kind of kind of kind of falls uh, uh kind of loses a little bit of the inertia and it's now like, you're assuming uh, that there was an act one but, and two yeah but dude the height of that movie is chris hemsworth beating up like 10 eight-year-olds at once. <laughs> do you ever remember that website how many yeah, why isn't that in the trailer oh that's the sell of the movie <laughs> yeah, that's a chris selling hemsworth point yeah eight-year-olds did you did you guys remember this website? It was how many fifth graders can you beat up or something like that? There's a website where this is what you do. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't lie, dude. Website. Like, I don't know if the website's still up. But like, remember, <laughs> guys, everyone looked at it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ten, 10 years ago, there was a website or so where you put in your height, your weight, uh, how skilled you think you are as like a fighter, like your athleticism. <laughs> And, then, and you just put in these variables. The website then right. tells you how many fifth graders you can beat up at once. And it, does it pair you up with a class? I don't, that know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the social media like, part of it never came together. <laughs> it feels like there was an option agreement that didn't Yeah. Do how do you monetize that? 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, question. Scott Anthony Lopez says, will this episode be uploaded somewhere? He's having internet delays. Hell yeah, brother. You can watch this on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Periscope. You can watch it wherever you want. It'll be right here. Uh, and if you're a podcast subscriber, you can hear it. Um, all right. So uh, talk to me. Let's talk about this this new graphic novel you guys are putting together. Um, what is it? I know you guys did one already. And, uh, yes. I, you know, let's talk, let's talk about like the process of putting together like a graphic novel, an indie graphic novel. Like, how did you do this? Because we might have viewers or listeners that are like, oh, you know what? During the pandemic, I've been getting a little creative and uh, I'm thinking about putting together my own graphic novel. How do you even do that? Why do you do that? Well, um, it's, th- that's a very large question. How, why, and uh, how'd you do it? <laughs> Uh, Fernando and I first started on Long Go and Far Away. That was my first graphic novel that we kickstarted. And uh, in fact, I found Fernando through you, through uh, Geekscape. I was like, you got to know some comic book artists. And there was like no even delay. I think you answered in like 30 seconds. You got to go with Fernando. This is this is who you need to use. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. So uh, uh, Fernando and I started talking. We set up the graphic novel for Long Go and Far Away. It funded on Kickstarter. We made it, got it out to backers, and then Starburns Press picked it up, the um, Rick and Morty uh, company. And they, they, it's out right now on um, uh, Comixology digitally, but it's also, if you want a hard copy, you could get it at whitecatentertainment.com, and I, I'll sign those too. We have more of the hard copies left. But the new one, Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master, I was actually over at, on Geekscape last year. We didn't quite make it on the funding. We had a very ambitious goal we didn't quite make it. We kind of uh, bit off a little more than we could chew because every single crowdfunding uh, thing is kind of a learning experience. And I had done uh, three successful ones. The fourth one didn't quite make it. So we redid it. We retooled it. And, you know, I was talking to Fernando and we kind of had to make like a pandemic version of it. So we had to strip out anything that would be like uh, going to a live show or, you know, lunch with something or my old comedy film nerds partner had like a surfing lesson that you could do with him that we, we had to take that out. And uh, uh, so You're we made it rewards though, right? Like the rewards you were like, yep, yeah, can't do that reward. Can't do this reward. We t- yeah. a, a tour of the Starburn studios. We, we had to take that out too. So what we did is we broke the book up to make it more manageable, lowered the goal. So everyone, especially with the pandemic and if money's tight, we wanted to make sure everyone could uh, um, participate. So the opening uh, pledge, I think is only 10 bucks for the digital copy. So we wanted to make it accessible for everyone too. And then if you want your name in the book and, commissions, all that stuff, it goes up all the way to 500 bucks. But one of the things we wanted to put in is Fernando and I, we always like kind of giving back to the community because we're indie guys and we want to help other people coming up. So we kept one tier in there. It's a $500 tier that you'll get a Skype with any team member. Like if you want to learn art from Fernando or like writing from me or our editor used to work at Dark Horse, if you want to learn how to pitch and how to put together a comic, those are all things there. We have a Skype session uh, for that and like a portfolio review and things like that. But the process of actually putting it together, I come from a a writing background of like TV, movies, and books. I've never done comics before. So I will say this, it was a learning curve for me. Uh, You know, scripts are different. There's some similarities between like a film or TV script and a comic book script, but there are some very, very specific differences. And one of those things that uh, is pacing, especially with comedy, it gets a little tricky, especially on comic book panels. You're like, well, how does this joke land, you know, if uh, we're drawing it instead of, uh, say, you know, putting it in a movie, putting it in a TV show, or even delivering on stage as, as stand-up? So it has to um, get the pacing right. That has to be right in the comic book. So 
Fernando was very patient. We went through like a, a bunch <laughs> of different panels and different ways to work. And one of the ways you learn, honestly, the best way is just by doing it. You know, there was a, a bunch of times where we went back and forth where how will this work? Will this work better? Will this work better? And, you know, one of the things that I can always tell you is, you know, treat everyone you work with with a, with a comic book as a partner. And because they'll have good ideas, you'll have good ideas. And the best product is when all those ideas come together, much like making a, uh, a film, you know, as we're filmmakers too. And it's always better when, you know, everything comes together. And uh, the other thing that I learned too is never dismiss part of the process because you have uh, layouts, you have inks, you have colors, and you have lettering. Just don't think, oh, we don't have to worry about that. No, you really do. You have to worry about every part of the process. And uh, we had a professional letter because I got some good advice. Mark Wade has been helping me out a lot. And he had said, well, look, you got to get a professional letter. It makes a big difference in the book. And I see on Twitter over and over again, every single editor, when they're giving advice to new uh, comic book artists and writers, hire professional letterers. So I feel like they're the unsung heroes of comic books sometimes is the letterer because their work, if it's done well, it's invisible. It's kind of like a sound designer for film. You know, if it's done really well, you don't really notice it. You just notice that it's um, it helps the film. So that process is has been really fun. And I have to say, like from making films and directing, uh, making a comic book has been an unbelievable great experience because you're directing the panels, you're directing the page. The filmmaker filmmaking similarities are great, but it is uh, the actual medium of comic books still has to be respected because they are different. Uh, so it's, but it's been fun to do all of them. And, you know, Jonathan, you've done a bunch of different things as well, where there, there are similarities and differences in each medium. Yeah. And that some was a very long winded. Oh, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And I mean, if anybody's listening to this or watching this and wants to make a comic book, it, it, you just have to understand that some of the things that pop up are it, uh, some maybe an itch that you didn't know you had to scratch and some might be a problem that you didn't know you had to address. And mm -hmm. it, you know, if you're following because you love writing, you might find that there's uh, uh, the, the way you write comics isn't something that you enjoy or might be something that you enjoy a lot. The aspects, of course, that you enjoy is that you can make anything. You can have as many explosions and an unlimited budget on screen as you need. Um, some of the things you might not enjoy are like what Chris says, where, oh, I had this really good joke. And the the timing is it's based on timing is all humor is. And the timing is subjective to the reader, not necessarily to uh, the pacing of a film. Uh, we do have uh, some comments. One of them is uh, <laughs> uh, we got um, Obscurity watching on Twitch saying, apparently he could beat up 43. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I, guess, I guess that website is still going on. Uh, <laughs> like you wonder where, when would exhaustion sit in? Would that, would, would, would that, uh, would you be able to get through 43 or would you have to take a break? Is that well, 43rd, are, are 43rd takes you down. I think <laughs> pretty good through about 10 of them. And then by 20, you're like, uh, I need to start being a little more careful by 30. You kind of have to dig deep by 40. You're like, okay, a couple of them got in some, some real tough blows my knees aren't really taking it. They're really going after my legs. And then like 40, <laughs> 43, like you look up and the kid just knocks you out. Like that's it. The knockout punch of the 43rd, as far as obscurity on, on Twitch goes. So if anybody's uh, listening to this live and wants to check, go ahead and Google how many fifth graders can I beat up 
put in your stats and see. Uh, go ahead and comment and tell us how you you do against a, a bunch of fifth graders. Just know that Chris Helmsworth took out a bunch of kids with uh, machetes yeah. in, in extraction. Yeah, which was effortlessly. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, he moved around a lot. You just got to yeah. keep moving. That's the thing with the fifth grade. You just have to keep moving. You have to keep mm -hmm. moving. And if you can grab one of them by the ankles, you can swing them into the others to create space. Right. So, like, that's mm -hmm. the key is, like, grabbing one right. of them and, like, using them as a, as a way to create space. All right. So, Fernando, you're the artist. At, you and I worked on a, on a mini-comic. Obviously, we've worked on Geekscape logos and, and Geekscape art like that. But what was your process of like you? What's crazy about Fernando is he's almost like a mad scientist kind of comic creator. He doesn't really need collaboration. He just makes comics. <laughs> Have you noticed that, Chris? Like he just has an idea and he writes them himself. And he it's tempted to think it's like tempting to think of Fernando as like a one man comic book shop. Because he, from what from what I can tell, he just makes comics like when he feels feels like it. Is that true, Fernando, or am I like giving you too much credit? Uh, I mean, just <laughs> if, if you want to keep give me credit, like I'm go with that. That's, that's fine. I don't I don't mind that. Uh, I have done comics by myself. I have done comics with other people. I've co-written. I've drawn. I've colored. I've done pretty much anything in the indie comic scene. Um, I just, I, I like comics, man. Uh, to me, comics are like the best medium ever. It's the most immediate. It's the most personal to me. Um, but I, the, there's also like the thrill of collaboration. Like I, I, I never could have come up with a, with a comic like Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master because I, it's just not in me, but Chris came with the idea and I can add to that, you know? So it's, it's like the c collaboration. It's, it's an interesting process, you know? But yeah, if, if I want to do a comic by myself, I can write it, I can draw it. I mean, you wrote the intro for my um, for my first graphic novel, Warped, a few years ago. I did? Uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, bro, wait, hold up. Hold up. Yeah, man, you I, wrote I it. Wrote, like, I wrote the intro. Yeah, you wrote the, the intro, man, the introduction. You don't even remember that? It was so special to me. No, I don't, no, I, I don't want to no, talk no, about it. No, no, let's not do this. Um, <laughs> that is not a credit to it not meaning something to me and me being completely touched by the fact that you asked me to write the intro of your comic. That is not a slight matter. about that at all. I definitely have a copy of Warped, and I'm super happy. It's definitely more a credit towards my lack of intelligence and memory. Um, my, my, <laughs> All right. my brain doesn't work, Fernando. Like you've known me for 15 years. My brain doesn't work. This is true. I do follow you on social social media. It, it's, so very, it's very it's very like it's very specific. And yeah, I'm kind of like a rat. Like I just deal with like whatever's in front of me. <laughs> right. And so when your forward was in front of me, I was like, okay, let me write a forward for Fernando. This sounds great. Yeah. And then as soon yeah. as like I had the comic, I, I think I looked at it. I was like, oh great, I'm very touched by this. And then I put it away. And, and then, and then I just like left. It's all right. Man. It's fine. I, I just think, think it's about funny. you, man. I did think about you. I, I obviously thought about it's you okay. when Chris Mancini was like, "I need an artist." I was like, "Fernando Pinto." I know, man. Yeah, that's that's actually that's actually true. I mean, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have done. Uh, Long ago and far away, and, and this one, if you hadn't hooked us up, because we had worked together before, and you like my artwork and stuff. But I think, like, and I guess what you saw in the artwork is that I like uh, funny stuff. I like energetic stuff. I'm not, like, of the school of thought that a lot of people are in comics, where, like, 
the, the most realistic comic is the best comic. Like that's not my jam really. I like more idiosyncratic stuff and the stuff that Chris writes really lends itself to that. And I think Chris likes that. So that's Absolutely. how we keep working together. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a great pairing, and it's one of those things that uh, you know when you find a great mix and pairing, you you know you stick with it because it's hard to find. You know, you could find somebody who's a great artist, but not not a good fit for what you're doing. Exactly. I mean, it's the same thing with right? movies. The way like you want to communicate. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like and now the other thing that gets yeah. better too is Fernando and I now have like a shorthand. You know, when we put something together, I'm like, oh, he knows what I'm talking about, and I'm like, oh yeah, there it is on the page. I remember once uh, Fernando said. I don't really do a lot of fantasy stuff. And this is after halfway through long ago and far away. Yeah, <laughs> we like, I'm like, well, you don't? And I'm like, but this looks like you've been doing it for like 20 years. I mean, this is- I uh, think it's for nerds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's called reference, Chris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can look at reference. What the hell's and, a dragon? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what is a centaur? I don't know what it is. Yeah. But yeah, we're excited. Like, and, hmm? Yeah, we're excited to do. Yeah, uh, it's do it's, it's a fun. It's uh, yeah, anybody it's, who's it's grown fun, up. It's uh, a fun book. Yeah, anyone who's grown up with uh, you know watching like those kung fu movies on uh, on cable or even like way back in like UHF if you watch them on Saturday mornings, it's uh, basically it, it follows like that whole kind of eighties movie trajectory of like a small time crook in Los Angeles gets accidentally gets mixed up in an ancient battle between good and evil that's been fought since the days of ancient China. So it's got, you know, a lot of Kung Fu, it's got a lot of uh, fighting, it's got monsters, it's got dragons, it's got all sorts of fun stuff. It's got surly baristas. So it, it, it's, it's uh, one of those things that I wanted to kind of put together everything that I loved growing up and with martial arts. And, but we want to take that part seriously too. So we actually have Rick Myers from uh, um, Action film autopsy and he's been a consultant for like um i think kung fu panda and like all the different studios so we wanted to kind of make sure not only was it funny and exciting and interesting but also authentic so he's actually going through the script right now and helping us out to make sure everything is kind of like like right with with the kung fu the philosophy the weapons all of those things so we didn't want to make it look like well we just got everything from you know what we saw in movies we wanted to be a little uh, deeper than that and we also wanted to uh, have it a little more authentic. So like I said, it's, we didn't quite get there last year, but we completely retooled the campaign. So we've got, we're doing really well. We're already past halfway and, but we need, we still need to get there, but we've got about, I think still like 20 days to go. This is live, right? Yes. <laughs> we've got about 20 <laughs> days to go. Uh, so it's rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master. But I also wanted to tell people too, if they want to kind of check out our work for free, Starburns Press put up the first issue of Long Ago and Far Away for free up on their website. So you could actually download that and check it out because it's even the editor said, well, these are, um, you know, comedy wise, they're kind of very similar. I said, well, yeah, that's that's kind of my style and voice. So if you like one, chances are you'll, you'll like the other. He's like, you're really dynamic, Chris. This is yeah. it's, uh, not fantasy this time. It's uh, kind of uh, Big Trouble in Little China kung fu. Yeah. So, still kind of need, yeah, I still kind of need monsters, fantasy, magic, and fighting. That's I seem to always need that for some reason. So, do you ever see Warriors of Zoo Mountain, like which was like a big influence on Carpenter for uh, Big Trouble in Little China? You ever seen Warriors of Zoo Mountain? It's like, no, I don't think I have. Warriors of Zoom Mountain is like the nuttiest shit you'll ever see. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's insane. It's people like flying through the air and stuff like that. It's, if you, you know, if you've ever like plunked quarters into Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, there's a couple different 
kung fu movies you gotta see like you gotta see yeah. warriors of zoo mountain which i think yeah. got a uh i think it got a sequel like 25 years later i think it got a, uh, it, it's, like a it's like an early 80s or late 70s kung fu movie mm-hmm. uh i don't think it's one of the shaw brothers movies uh I, it, this right. isn't my strong suit but it but it's definitely like one of those that are just insane have a lot of special effects there's always wind in in like fog everything of and there's yeah. tons of lightning coming from fingers effects and then you got to see master <laughs> of the flying guillotine which I, if you haven't seen master yeah. of the flying guillotine yeah, like yeah. Come on, that's like half the Street Fighter roster ripped off yeah. as the flying guillotine. You know well, what I mean? Rick Myers gave us like a bunch of refresher movies to watch too. Mm-hmm. And the, the ones that we watched right away oh. were like um, um, Legendary Weapons of China and Return to the 36th Chamber. And then I just think I finished um, eight, uh, eight something uh, pole fighter. It's a pole fighter movie. Okay. <laughs> right. Eight diagram pole fighter. Pole fighter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, did you ever see Crippled Masters? Did <laughs> you ever have. see this fucking? Okay, so in college we found this. Mo- okay, in college we used to play this game. Right, whenever they were closing a blockbuster or a video store, or they had one of these VHS sales. Mm-hmm. My roommate and I would would find out how much money we had between us. It would go to like wherever they're clearing out their crap VHS, and would take would pull the money and be like, okay, we got uh, enough money for four six movies. You pick three, and I'm going to pick three, and we're going to see who got the worst damn movie. So that's the goal. And so what we would do is try and pick the worst movie, and then we'd go back, and we'd run what's called a gauntlet. We would watch all the movies at once. Mm -hmm. And so Crippled Masters is a kung fu movie where it's these two guys who are like, they piss somebody off. They piss off like an evil ninja clan, or they piss off an emperor, or they piss off a shogun or something. And he cripples them. And they got actual cripples to be in this movie. One of the actors does not have legs. And one of the actors does not have arms. And wow. they got these like little... The, the guy without arms wasn't born with arms. And he's got these little nubs. The person without legs has these little nubs for legs. And like, that, the, they're the actors. But they're also kung fu people. So in the opening scene or early on, they're like, okay, you've pissed us off we're now going to cut your arms off or cut your legs off or burn them with acid or whatever. It's, it's in the movie. And so they do it. And now these guys are like thrown out on the street to be like, you know, homeless beggars because they're, they're, they're crippled. They team up and they're like, you don't have legs. You don't have arms. We're going to team up. They start pulling these crazy moves where they hop on each other's shoulders and like Voltron each other. Oh my God. And they're like flipping over each other. Like the guy with the arms is grabbing the person and throwing them on, like in like hopping on his back so you can use him as legs. The person without the legs is like jumping on the dude's back. Like they're swinging each other around. They're what was the name of this one again? I'm gonna have a movie list by the end of this podcast too. The Crippled Masters. The Crippled Masters. It's like the I mean, ten minutes, ten minutes into the movie, like <laughs> Kevin clearly won. Like we're crying, laughing because this movie is so bad. But, uh, some of it's like hard to watch because it looks like it hurts whenever you land on like a stub or something, but you got to watch that movie. Uh, Barry Gordy is the last dragon. It reminds me of some of the idea, like crazy shit. Yeah. You know? yeah. Last dragon, yeah, yeah. classic yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, Bruce Leroy. Bruce. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Remember when he almost had the power of the dragon where only his hands uh, glue. The, the, the glowing. Yeah. The last dragon is a really good reference. So let, let me see mm-hmm. if I can. Okay. I'm going to figure this out. Okay. Bear with me. If you guys are watching this on the stream, 
I'm going to see if I can show you guys the Kickstarter and what we got, what we got going on. We'll narrate it for those of you guys who are podcast listeners. But what I'm talking about here is that Chris and Fernando have this Kickstarter going on right now for their uh, new graphic novel. Uh, it's called Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master. If you're into Kung Fu, if you're into fantasy movies, if you're into all the crazy stuff and you like comedy and you like comics, this is probably something you want to check out. Uh, now, listen, bear with me there. Uh, I'm going to now share my screen. I can do this. I can do this. Just hang with me. I'm going to, all right, watch this. There we go. And boom. Let's see if this works. Wow. There it is. This is your Kickstarter. Yeah. Looking mm -hmm. at it right now. What do you guys think? Uh, so if you guys go to either Kickstarter and search for Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master or go to Chris's website, uh, whitecatentertainment.com, you guys can see a link to this. Um, you guys are going for eight grand. And yes. so far you got 4,500 with mm -hmm. 20 days to go. Looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, this is some of your artwork here, Fernando. Let's yes, see. That, that is me. I drew that. That looks good. Now, talk, about, talk about some of these characters. Is it a tournament, like a tournament type thing? Because a lot of these kung fu things go into like a tournament, and you got to fight your way through increasingly different bad, bad guys. We each have different powers. What's kind of the storyline here on this one, Chris? There is not a tournament, and uh, the Rick, who's the small time crook, he's a Fight Club fighter. So he's angry. He's kind of about everything all the time, and he accidentally gets the power of the golden dragon inside him. So. He, and that was supposed to be used to fight the power of the Obsidian Dragon, but he kind of got it by accident. So he gets mixed up in this war between these two warring factions, the Obsidian Dragon and the Gold Dragon. And so he's kind of like, at first, he's kind of like a pawn in the middle of it, and mm -hmm. he kind of has to find his place and everything. And also, I, I wanted to put a little more philosophy in there, is can you, if you're angry and resentful all the time and violent all the time, can you find peace through that journey? especially through the Eastern philosophy of, of Kung Fu. So that, that's kind of where the story is. But then, like I said, there, there is, a, come on, there is a gauntlet at some point. Of course yeah. there is. <laughs> yeah, you got to fight yeah. your way through. Yeah, you got to fight your way through. There, it's definitely there. And there's, um, there's, you know, there's monsters, there's dragons, and there, there's all sorts of fun stuff in there. But I also wanted to kind of put heart in it, too where it's a personal journey for uh, our main character to kind of go through. So while you're laughing and enjoying the action, there is some um, heartfelt moments in there as well. Because if you can't ground it with real human emotion and a real human journey, then everything else like just feels a lot lighter. So I always try to put that in any of the work that I do, something to really ground it emotionally. And okay. also and, one and of the now, cool is things- Is that something that you subscribe to, Chris? Like the Zen stuff? Like how Zen are you? Are you like a meditation guy? Are you somebody who like is into the namaste of it all? I, I do yoga and I do meditate. Um, I will say this. It doesn't always work, but uh, no. <laughs> I definitely. No, you, getting out of your head is, is <laughs> like, that's like the final level is figuring out, is like getting out of your own yeah. head. But <laughs> it's definitely something that I'm into and, and I enjoy. And I've actually learned a lot from Rick. I've done the um, Kung Fu Movie Extravaganza panel at Comic-Con with him for many years now. And whenever he shows uh, the movies and goes through the philosophy, whenever we had him on the Comedy Film Nerds podcast and I've done, his podcast, we've always learned a lot, not not only about uh, martial arts, but the culture and the philosophy behind everything. So it's it's a combination of things I've loved as a kid. I used to even take martial arts when I was a, when I was uh, younger, and also 
of all the philosophy and um, the, the stuff that I've learned uh, from uh, Rick as well. So I wanted to kind of put all those things together and watching and growing up on 80s buddy comedies too. So you put all those together and this is kind of what came out. And Fernando, is this your jam at all? Like, are you into kung fu movies, or is this like uh, fantasy stuff? And you had to like go and research a bunch. You of can stuff? be honest, um, Fernando. <laughs> no, I mean, actually, yes and no. Like, I love action and I love drawing action, but I w- I've never been so much into like the culture of it. So when Rick sent us all these movies to watch, like I hadn't seen any of them. Like I saw The Last Dragon at some point or whatever, but like I- I'd never seen the Thirty Six Chambers and stuff like that. So. I look at them and I see all how they choreographed all this stuff and there's no cuts. You know how you see like yeah. maybe yeah. you watch like an action movie today, anything that's not John Wick, like Taken, you know, you have like Liam mm-hmm. Neeson fighting somebody and there's like 50 cuts in like 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah Born and Identity is the worst. You don't get to see the action at all. Exactly. But these are just like amazing. You like, I don't like the plots kind of escape me a little bit, sure. <laughs> but <laughs> the action wise, they're they're really, really awesome. So it's it's been kind of a, a learning experience from that point. But all my comics are usually like very action oriented and very like comedy oriented. Like that's the stuff that I like. So this is just is it, I feel more comfortable doing this than doing fantasy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I wouldn't call myself like a kung fu expert at like by any stretch of the imagination. What's, so it's been it's been fun. What's pretty amazing about like those Shaw Brothers movies, uh, you know, and Sammo Hung and those performers that were in them was they almost set it up like theater. And what's important isn't the shots as much as the choreography of the moves. And it's really a showcase for some of this amazing fighting. And you watch some of these movies and the camera, like you said, doesn't move at all. It's just it's almost in like a a wide and you just kind of see it work almost like you're sitting in a play. Um, and you see the movies build on each other. Yeah, yeah. You see the movies build on each other, like everything from like seventies to eighties to to Jackie Chan. I mean, you you really see how they they influence and build on each other. It's really up until like you know Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, all the way up until today. It's really an interesting evolution to watch too in film. I think that they were actively competing with each other at some Mm -hmm. point, being like, "Okay, you think you're good." Let me show you what I'm going to do in my movie. And I mean, Jackie Chan clearly is trying to top himself with everything. <laughs> and yes. saying, you know what? Now I'm going to try a more. I didn't. That last one didn't kill me. Now I'm going to like jump <laughs> out of a fucking cave onto a tree off of yeah. a cliff face. Remember in Armor of God? I think Armor of God is the one where he like almost killed himself falling out of that damn tree. But the tree is like seven stories up off of a cliff. <laughs> Yeah. And he's escaping, he jumps onto this tree and he just fa- he just takes the tree. He's just falling on like hitting every branch and you're watching this. You're like, no, 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 no. He's the only star that at the end of all of his films, the credits show every way he almost died making the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty amazing and uh and, and definitely a, a different kind of action culture than what was going on in the seventies here in the US. Uh, you know, we don't see Charles Bronson doing that kind of stuff as the equivalent. Yeah, the guy barely moved. <laughs> yeah. Charles Bronson, yeah, he just kind of grumbled, did his thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you can argue that the car race movies of the 70s were kind of that way because the stunts there were like the big set pieces where it's like, okay, we're going to see Smokey the Bandit or Bullet or somebody do jumps in San Francisco or over a river and, and things like that. Like, that was kind of the equivalent to the Kung Fu movie is the car culture and seeing how like crazy that should go. So maybe that's Chris's next book. We've got a question here from <laughs> Twitch. Sarah wants to know, do you guys have a favorite character in the graphic novel you guys are hey, putting together? I'm up there. 
that Sarah right there. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a good question. That's uh, you know, I I really think my favorite character is definitely the lead, um, Rick, because he goes through so much and he kind of has that um, journey. And you know, it, it's hard to change, as we know. It, it's hard to change. You know, we're all set in our ways. So to actually have somebody change and see the struggle and the journey, I always find that interesting. That and uh, not to give anything away, but my other favorite characters are the monsters and dragons. <laughs> that's kind of like your your main thing is like to, yeah. it's like hey let's see how big this can get what's the craziest yeah. monster we can do uh fernando was were there any monsters that chris was like hey draw this and you kind of had to like figure it out or go crazy with your imagination to fill that in? i i haven't gotten that far into the monster part of the book but i have gotten far into like the big uh big armored uh, warrior fights that happen in this other realm and the design designing those uh, armors was really fun because it took like a lot of reference and you can see like in the last page of the the kicks uh, of the preview on the kickstarter uh, you can see the the two main warriors just fighting and designing those was, was really really super fun like that took me a couple tries to get right i think but uh, yeah, doing doing those guys was awesome, and I can't wait to like draw more of them. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If you guys are watching the cool. stream, I just threw it up on the thing. Uh, now, Fernando, uh, is there any time that you like go with your imagination, and Chris is like, no, 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 it's got to be like this. Yeah, that was part of the. You know that learning curve that Chris was talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> that was part of like reining it in a little bit, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but like Chris super open, like whenever yeah. I've, I proposed anything, like he's super open to it and just let's talk about it. And if, and if we're not clear, like if he, if he's not clear with what I want or, or I'm not clear what he wants, we'll just Skype or Skype or something. And it's, it's pretty smooth. But at the beginning, I was like, yeah, we should do this and stuff. And like, like Chris is like, no. <laughs> no, It's a great uh, collaboration because it, it goes kind of like uh, on, it, it goes both ways where, yeah, there, there's some stuff where it's like, oh, yeah, um, this is a little too much. Let's rein it in. That's not kind of what I wanted. But on the other side, Fernando will be like, well, what if we did it this way? And I'd be like, oh, I never thought of that. That's like works a lot better. And then we, we do it that way too. So I think the, um, the key with any collaboration is that just, you know, remain open and, and don't have an ego about it where it's just, if it's better, it's better. It really is. And it just makes the project better. And I've always found that with development, with TV and movies, like the best development people have always been, and editors have always been ones that approach it more as a partner rather than a boss where it's, you know, you really feel like a collaboration with, uh, with ideas and then you always get a better product at the end. Now, is is the ego and all that why comedy film nerds stuff? Now I'm just fucking goading you. <laughs> <laughs> Chris. Uh, if you want me to leave, I can just go. No, <laughs> you stay right there. We need a witness, Fernando. I need to find out why <laughs> Chris's collaborations don't last. No, I'm kidding. Chris. I'm being rude. <laughs> I'm being silly. Welcome to my show. Let, welcome to my show. Let me drag you through the mud. Uh, Geeks came yeah. perfect as a ten year, a, a decade doing a podcast. That's not very long. <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, you, you could do Geekscape, and I mean, honestly, like the only person I have to collaborate with my is with myself, and I still want to quit yeah. all the time. Trust yeah. me, if I could quit me, I would quit me, but I just can't quit me. Yeah. Um, I always I say I work from home, but I still want to leave early. 
So, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of Geekscape and the schedule, we did get a comment from Ricto over on uh, YouTube who asks, Fack, I need a schedule of when these live things happen so I don't miss so much of them. Uh, to which I respond, hey, man, I'm so sorry. I'm still trying to figure out, like, what the schedule is in this pandemic. I picked up some full-time work during the pandemic. I'm working on some Geekscape stuff. Uh, I'm working on some Jonathan Filmmaker creative stuff as well. Uh, it's I'm kind of a workaholic. I like having a lot of projects uh, uh, all at once. Um, and haven't really established with uh, the person who owns my current studio, that'd be Heidi, uh, <laughs> when I should do the Geekscapes. Um, so... I don't. I do want to make a schedule for these. Uh, I think it'd be awesome if I'm going to be doing live shows to have a set schedule of when we're doing things. I uh, am still trying to play it by ear now. I think I want to do the Monday and Wednesday stuff for sure. Uh, the Wednesday might turn into a Thursday. It just really comes up. Uh, it really just comes down to like the availability of my guests what I've got going on. Um, but the horror movie night guys don't have anything going on ever. So they, are, they, they took the 5 PM Pacific standard time on uh, Tuesday slot. So if you like the Geekscape channel and you like watching what Geekscape's got, I know that the horror movie night guys are going to do 5 PM on Tuesdays. As for me talking to guests uh, and doing some Geekscape stuff, it's really just hang with me. I think it's going to be a Monday and a Wednesday or Thursday. And maybe you'll get three Geekscapes in a week. Maybe you'll get uh, two and a stunt like last Thursday when Francois put on Heidi's makeup. That was weird. Um, but just hang with me for a bit. We'll figure that, out. That was super weird. Yeah. Going. Weird. That uh, was super weird. I watched that. I is a <laughs> fucking weirdo and a pervert. I don't even know why Heidi let him in. But <laughs> I mean, he did. If you haven't seen that, if you're a podcast listener, uh, if you go onto the, one of the video channels, like our YouTube channel or Facebook, and you can watch Francois putting on Heidi's makeup. And you can also watch Heidi put it, giving me a pandemic haircut, which I think is uh, looking pretty pretty good. I, I've been wearing the hat a little more, but I think she's doing a fine <laughs> job, all things considered. Um, okay, so guys, again, go to uh, Chris's website. It's White Cat Entertainment. At White Cat, White Hat, uh, I'm sorry, whitecatentertainment.com. You're going to find a link to the Kickstarter. Help them get to the finish line so we can get ourselves a cool little book and, and read it. And there's all sorts of incentives and things. Go check out the Kickstarter. See what they got. I got to ask my friends, though, like how things are going through this intensely weird time, this pandemic time. Chris, you're with me. You're over here in the Valley in Los Angeles. Yep. I think things are pretty good here. I went like they opened the trails this weekend and I went running this yeah. morning up in Reseda and I'm liking that we're getting some normalcy. I don't think we're going to have normalcy for a few years, but um, it seems like California is doing an okay job, like testing and figuring out what the story is on the virus and the extent of the virus, at least as far as California goes. And, um, and I feel like we're going to maybe even be in movie theaters to some degree by like August, maybe be able to go back to the movies. It, it won't be a full theater. No, it won't. They're going to still have to social distance for sure. Right. But I think that there might be a chance to to do that maybe in August. That and would be nice. For sure. Similarly. Um, yeah. Fernando, I mean, I've known I've known every inch of my neighborhood now, you know, from biking and walking. I'm like, okay, I know exactly where everything is. Oh, my God. It was, it, it was absolutely... A blessing that they open up the trails, uh, almost like as a surprise. I think uh, Garcetti, our mayor, or, 
and, or, or Gavin Newsom were like, hey, we're going to open up the Los Angeles area trails this weekend. Uh, and it was it came at the right time because I'm just going nuts. And I, there's only so much you can run concrete around your neighborhood before yeah. you're like, okay, get me some stuff I haven't seen before. Right. Very true. Um, <laughs> Fernando, you're in uh, Santiago. Like what's the pandemic been like in uh, Chile? Uh, it's been, I mean, it's been pretty crazy. I, I don't, I don't know how different it is uh, for you guys, but uh, we've been, I've been, I've been spending most, most of the time in my house since March mm-hmm. and I, I've been, online teaching which is weird but i'm getting used to it uh and like we've had like mandatory curfews in some of the parts of the city and um but they changed that like arbitrarily so i don't know how that works we're talking a little bit about that before the show and i don't like i don't i don't know how much sense that makes but at the same time i don't know how many of the people that are in charge of all this know <laughs> what they're doing so it's it's kind of weird it's kind of scary but at the same time like all of my family and friends are, are healthy so i'm thankful for that and um and just like trying to take it one day at a time which is very hard for me because i'm a very anxious person so like we, when you guys were talking about like meditating and all that i'm like yeah i've tried that it doesn't really work <laughs> so <laughs> you know like yeah. trying to find joy in little things, trying to order some food every once in a while and just like trying to take it slow, man. Like it's weird. And I, I don't know how long it's going to take. Like I, I really would love to go to the movies, uh, but I don't know how long that's going to take. So I don't know, just trying to take it easy, trying to keep my anxiety in check and hopefully make some cool comics in the process. Well, what do you mean by like a yeah. curfew? Like they literally have a curfew coming in every now and then. Like you got to be at, at yeah. home by eight PM or something like that. Well, we we have like a like a citywide curfew at ten PM. Like nobody okay. can leave their houses, and and some of the parts of the city have like a like an all day curfew uh, that you have to get a like an online permission slip from the cops basically to leave your house, and you can do it like twice a week. Why is that? Are they parts so, of the and actually like have a high concentration of infections or what? No, they're uh, like uh, they're trying to track where which parts of the city are having the most cases. So they'll say, okay, we, we're getting more sick people in this part of the city, so you guys can't do this. But then the next week they'll change that, and I don't know how much sense that makes. Like I would just do it all the way or not do. I don't know. It's weird. I'm, right. I'm. Uh, so I, I, I would assume say, that I heard a doctor say that if they could just freeze everybody for 14 days in place, that they would do it. So they could see, they just go around and test, see who's got it, see who doesn't have right. it. And that's it. It's our mobility. That's kind of throwing everybody. Uh, a little yeah. Bit. We're yeah, the like communicating this thing. Yeah. We had a, like a national holiday a few days ago and a bunch of people just like took their cars and went to the beach. And I was like, what the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> you guys like, have the, like what we have here, the like the white, you know, the 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 the, the, the I was gonna say white nationalists, but that may not be true. But um, <laughs> the, people who are, the people who are just saying like, open up, who cares? This is a hoax. Like to some degree, Santiago's got to be dealing with some of that stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's not as organized as I've seen on social media with you guys. We don't have like oh. people with guns going into like 
Well, what you guys need is like a oh, shadow yeah. funder in Iowa who's part of the NRA. Like you guys know that there's a dude in Iowa who's like a yeah. lobbyist for the NRA who's organizing yeah, yeah. all these open America the gatherings, yeah. right? Like, yeah, we don't have that. We don't have but we, yeah, we don't have that, but we do have a lot of people with more money that have like summer homes. They're like, oh, I'm just tired of being indoors in my house. So I'll just go to my summer house. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of them. And like, <laughs> dude, just stay home. Like, why right. not? Yeah, like, the virus know you, doesn't know. The virus doesn't know when the lockdown's over. Yeah, because so. that's the thing. Because like, if, if, you have, if you have the means, like sure, if you get sick, you can go to the doctor. But there's a lot of people that you're going to be in contact with that don't have that. And yeah. they don't give a shit. So that sucks. Yeah. Well, but I don't know that's what's going on. Well, we'll see how long things are going. Uh, mm-hmm. I have some faith. I have a lot of faith in our in our leaders here because they've been they have a pretty good track record. Of, <laughs> well, I mean, well, I'm not talking, talking about, about California, I'm talking, right? I'm not talking about on a federal scale, but <laughs> Los Angeles very easily could have become some level of New York, and it didn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because they were pretty quick on the social distancing, stay at yeah. home. LA County was pretty proactive. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very grateful for that. Um, and we'll just see what happens. So this is something that we're going to have to deal with for a very until there's, long a, until there's a vaccine. Yeah. Until there's a vaccine. Until so there's a cure. Or as Richto says, why do you hate freedom? <laughs> <laughs> why do you hate freedom? Why can't you just go into a, uh, into a subway with a fake bazooka like those guys sure. in uh, North Carolina like or wherever it was. Yeah. Did you see the people in North Carolina who walked into a uh, walked into a subway restaurant in the middle of like their protests and they were all had like machine guns and stuff and they're ordering subway sandwiches and cookies. Yeah. <laughs> they, looked, yeah. they looked like dorks. Uh, yeah. It was like dorks. Okay, well guys. It's white supremacy cosplay. Oh, totally. Totally. I call it y'all Qaeda. It's just like... <laughs> Dummy homegrown terrorism. Uh, Geekscapus, again, the book is called, uh, you got quite a mouthful on this book. It's The Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master. It's got the Kickstarter going for a few more days. You guys want to hop on it. The best way to do it is go to whitecatentertainment.com, find it, and uh, throw them them some money. I know you just got $1,200 from the federal government here in the U.S. (laughs) Come on. Shave off a piece of that. You could also go to uh, Kickstarter and just type it in, but make sure you get the 2020 version because the other one, they don't remove projects if they don't fund, so there's the older one still up. But right. it says new 2020, so you'll know which one's the right one. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, Chris, Fernando, I liked having you guys on the show. It was fun. I like talking to you guys. You guys are totally just going to go watch Extraction now and fast forward to the part where Chris Helmsworth beats up a bunch of you know a bunch of kids. And I don't blame you one bit for it. Well, I'm sure he used that website and figured out how many he could beat up. Yeah. <laughs> the writer was like, oh, yeah, so Chris Hemsworth is six feet tall and he weighs like about 200 pounds. Oh, he slammed one of them into a car door. It's brutality. <laughs> yeah, I saw that movie. <laughs> I know. Parents are like watching that being like, been there. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's like that envy, you know, I, I wish I could do that. <laughs> some of them have Fernando some of them have uh, guys thanks for coming on the show thanks so much man um, thanks always, Jonathan if you guys need yeah. anything like let me know I'm just sitting out you know quarantining I don't do anything I just yeah I just talk to you guys That's all right true. Fernando Chris love you guys thanks man Peace. Thank <laughs> you.
Uh, that was Fernando and Chris. Again, go check out their product, uh, their, their project, this Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master. If you guys are listening, hey, go hit it up on the Kickstarter. Type it in. Uh, I love you guys for listening. Thank you guys so much. I hope you guys are enjoying the live shows. Hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. We got a lot more coming. So uh, if you're in danger of missing Geekscape on any of the platforms, I think YouTube has like a little bell that you can hit on your profile or on our profile that'll tell you whenever I go live or there's like a little alarm or something. I'm new to this. I'm figuring out the streaming stuff. I, I don't know. I just know that I hit uh, start broadcast and then I can talk to you guys. Some of you guys leave comments. And then at the end, I take the file. And I put it out for the podcast listeners. That's all I know. I'm not the smartest dude. I'm not like an influencer. I'm not like a guy who's like, yeah, check me out. Smash that subscribe button. and knows it. I took one look at Twitch the other day when I was just wanted to see how our show looked on Twitch. There's so much noise on that side. I didn't know what I was looking at. So it's going to be a while before I can wrap my head around that one. YouTube, I'm just now kind of figuring out. All right. I'm turning into your grandfather who's like, what am I looking at here? I don't know how Facebook works. Or my mom who made like 18 Instagram accounts or Facebook accounts because she kept like losing her, her passwords. So now she's got uh, like other friends I have on Facebook. I think nine of them are my mom because every time she loses her password, she just makes a new account with a new email. Like that's how it is. So um, I'm turning into that. All right. The app, the apple's not falling too far from the tree on that one. Uh, thank you guys for Geekscape. I know how to make these. I know how to put them on the podcast uh, network. So um, yeah, that's all I got for you guys. Check out Chris and Fernando's books. I love you guys. You need anything. Hit me up. Jonathan at geekscape.net. I'm here for you guys. Um, and uh, that's about it. Uh, love you guys. Geekscape forever. Over and out. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.